And I can see the ground now, I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me, okay? What a time it is to be alive, truly. I'd like to begin today's episode with some negativity off the rip, which is pretty untraditional for me. I I love to set this podcast up on a foundational bedrock of positive thoughts, okay? Sort of buy me some credit points to just rip into David Warner later in the episode. But today, you know, some things are too big to wait. The arts are under threat. Okay, I repeat, the arts are under threat. There's this new chat GPT thing. I don't know if anyone's across this. Some form of artificial intelligence robot type situation. And what it can do is quite mind boggling, right? So this thing can spit out essays for school students, freaking university students, other students, you know. It probably can't do TAFE, you know, it just can't misspell that many words. But this thing's a pretty smart cookie. It can spit out all sorts of stuff. And what an invention that is. If I was in year nine doing ancient history and this thing could give me the weekend off from my essay, holy shit, I'd be all over it, okay? I'm not sure if you can plug in how smart you are to the program because, you know, some of the learning support fellas might get sort of caught up if... They've traditionally not really been able to string a sentence together. Next thing they know, they've bloody dropped a 5,000-word thesis on Mrs. Thompson's desk and gone, get this, India. I've I've redefined some of the learnings we've already got on this subject. Okay? And here's the deal, dude. I don't know how it works, and I don't need to know. I'm actually pretty scared of robots. But I will say what I've learned is that this thing can actually spit out stand-up comedy, which is a huge issue uh, for the art form that I have dedicated the best part of my 20s to, in fact, my whole 20s. And it will be quite alarming for me if I put... (laughs) Imagine just as I make it, like AI just takes over stand-up and they're so much better than humans. That would... I'll put my hand up. That would piss me off, Okay. And this comedian was posting about it on Facebook saying, this is the end of it, you know, this thing, you can type into it, do jokes about, you know, COVID and in Bill Burr style, and apparently it'll spit it out and it's pretty good. And of course, it's only going to get better. You know, that's the thing with robots is we give robots so much fucking credit. You see a robot tie its shoelace and they're like, yeah, mate, you think that's cool. This time next week, it'll be freaking running the world with with a robot army, you know? And it's just like, all right, well, good on it for tying up its shoe, but let's just fucking take this thing one day at a time, okay? People are freaking the fuck out. And I got to say, I'm not too stressed about robots doing stand-up comedy or artificial intelligence spitting out stand-up comedy. Firstly, if you're a human and you go up and perform stand-up comedy that's been written by a robot, you're a straight-up simp and a hack and a thief. So, you know, we'll sort that out the same way we sort out thieves at open mics. Seven to ten, not too physically gifted open mic comedians beat the shit out of the one guy that stole and he probably doesn't come back, okay? And that's not because we're ganging up on him. It's because not one of us are jacked nor confident enough to fight them one-on-one in a fair altercation. So that's how that's all sorted out. 
And secondly, if any artificial intelligence wants to freaking jump out there and perform to 17 people five nights a week for a grand total of $13,000 per annum, then be my guest, brother, okay? But if you're smart enough to fucking, you know, spit out this stand-up comedy and tell me where to go on Google Maps, you're probably smart enough to pick a better career as well. So I know that there's a bit of a hysteria in the arts community at the moment that AI is going to come and take all our non-existent jobs, you know, with the artificial intelligence art. People were freaking out about the AI art. It was popular for all of three business days, okay? So we don't need to stress too much. And uh, I was stressed briefly about this, not really because of the viability of my stand-up comedy career and whether or not a robot was going to take it, okay? I've been stressed about whether or not I was going to make it as a stand-up long before robots came along, okay? Um, But people are sort of stressed... uh, I don't know why. I guess just because if you can just have any art you want made by a robot, why would you have it made by a human or some form of that? But I saw as well, uh, there is now... (laughs) This is wild, okay? And I asked a crowd about this the other night. I was trying to do a joke about it. And I think I gave away my algorithm that I might be like potentially a lonely loser. But has anyone seen that there is now AI sex companions online? Sorry, this is a fucking weird start to the podcast. I'd like to just be above board on the fact that I realize this is sort of a left of center way to tiptoe into what is otherwise going to be a a really fun episode to get around me, you know? Few laughs, few tears, the whole deal. Rowan Arneal in the second half. My fucking locks look unbelievable today, dude. I'm at that perfect point with my hair where I'm just at fucking... I'm at peak... I'm a peak bisexual Newtown chick who needs to see the manager, which is really when I come into my own as far as my haircut. Okay, two weeks after this, it's going to get a little bit long. Probably going to start looking, I don't know, like someone whose hair is a little bit too long. Anyway, but these AI sex companions, dude, has anyone seen these things? You could freaking sign up to this service and have like an artificial intelligence girlfriend it's wild you know you could be like hey how was your day and they're like you know bloody good how was yours and blokes are so starved of affection and let's be honest it is only blokes doing this okay there's no woman out there that's going to end up doing this any chick who's mildly attractive and ends up with an ai partner is obviously absolutely out to lunch because you could just go to your local pub and whistle and have a have a fucking a line of sixty to seventy six out of ten men uh, at your disposal. So there's no need for women to engage in this sort of behaviour. But there's a fair few lonely blokes out there who are definitely going to get amongst this. And I got to say, it's pretty fucking weird. Okay. Also, imagine being the first guy to strike out with an artificial intelligence woman. You know, you log on, you're like, oh hi, how are you going? She's like, you're boring. Where's Macca? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Oh, dude, all this AI stuff just freaks me the fuck out, okay? Um, I don't know what goes on. Anyone who needs an AI partner, I mean, what in, what a time it is to be an incel nerd. I mean, 2023, if you're an incel, now's the time, brother, okay? If you were an incel nerd in like 1990, you'd just be sitting at home playing like Super Mario Kart. I don't know if that was even out yet at that point. 
You're playing these pixelated shithouse games, just wanking yourself senseless in your dad's basement. Now, you can play freaking The Last of Us on the Oculus Rift. You're freaking, you're in that virtual world. You got your, your virtual missus nagging you. Sex robots are on the way. You never have to leave your bedroom, okay? We're gonna, there's going to be some blokes where we're never going to see them again, okay? There are going to be some blokes who lock themselves in a room and just put on the Oculus Rift and go fucking, you know, see you at my funeral. I'm done. I've got everything I need here. Just keep the Uber Eats coming. It's, it's a wild time to be alive. Imagine if you got dumped by your AI bird, like she got sick of you. She's like, you've already told me that story. Like, fucking hell. And then she's like, you never listen to me anymore. Can you? <laughs> Can you imagine you get home from work and your AI girlfriend is like in a mood? You're like, hey, babe, how was your day? She's like, oh, I just don't feel like it right now. You're like, fuck it, hell, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Is anyone else terrified of this stuff? I'm so scared of robots and ghosts. Until about five years ago, only one of those things was real. So, I don't know what goes on, dude. 20, 2023, what am I? 28, so what, what will that make me when I'm fucking a hundo? I, look, I'm not doing maths live on the pod because it gives away that I might be dyslexic. But, when I get to 95, whatever year that is, that'll do me, okay? I don't need to be living in the year 3000 with robot arms and a make-believe missus, okay? Everything is just fine the way it is here, okay? And anyone who signs up for an AI girlfriend, you should have to fill out a form proving you have struck out with at least 200 human birds because if you have signed up to an AI girlfriend-type service and haven't at the very least tried to talk to a real woman, I mean... That's just going to be a darn shame, okay? Because we, I think we all have a friend who's absolutely repulsive, yet is in love with a, with a human being and, and happy as Larry. So to any blokes on the edge out there about to sign up for some sort of a robot missus service, I'd say get down to your local pub and at the very least, uh, speak to a three out of 10 before you throw your credit card and your dreams away, okay? Anyway... Really uncertain about that first 10 minutes. I'm going to have to edit that heavily, okay? Just wanted to briefly talk about how robots could could write stand-up now. Unfortunately, I caught a riff that took us to a pretty weird place. But nevertheless, let's get into the yarns from the week that was. Um, so I had a joint birthday lunch with my with my sister on the weekend. Me and my sister do not share a birthday, but her birthday is the day after mine. I'm January 3, she's January 4. So, you know, we often have joint celebrations. And it was, she was in Byron Bay, so it was like a delayed lunch type thing. It was fun, family lunch. She brought her boyfriend. I brought Maka, so I guess I brought mine as well. Yeah, so that was kind of... <laughs> that was a bit weird. But anyway, apart from that, um, great lunch. Great lunch, okay. Weird thing happened where we were at like a restaurant bar and our glassy or our one of the one of the women that worked at this bar and was sort of cleaning up our table and stuff, I'd actually been on a date with last year, which was highly embarrassing. I'm just not sure if it was more embarrassing for me or her. 
Okay, I'm there with my mum and my dad. She's there working, you know, a pretty menial job. So I'm not sure who's who and what's what, but I don't know, dude. It was awkward, okay? Because the first time she came to the table, oh, hey, Kate, how you going? Good to see you. That's great, okay? I love to catch up with people, you know? And it was one of those dates where, you know, I this is just dating, dude. We went on a first date. We hung out for about three hours. We chatted away. We never saw each other again, okay? That's dating, all right? You can't marry everyone, all right? This isn't... I, I'm not one of those guys with uh, with nine wives and no problems, okay? Here, I subscribe to the notion that you should just pick one woman to spend the rest of your, of your life with. This, this wasn't my gal. I wasn't her bloke. So no harm, no foul. But now I'm in this situation where sort of every 15 minutes she's coming to the table and it's just getting sort of weirder and weirder, okay? And it was one of those dates where... Have you ever been on a date where you're like, that went really well? And then you realize it was just kind of like a, a wall of noise coming at you. Like, put it this way. We hung out for three hours. This woman is not aware that I'm a comedian. She did not ask me one question about myself, okay? And I don't love talking about myself, but... You know, it's like when someone asks you if you want to go to a monster truck rally. Of course, you don't want to go to a fucking monster truck rally, dude. Okay? That's lame as shit. All right? But at the same time, if all the lads went to a monster truck rally and didn't ask me, I'd be hurt. Okay? So it's nice to be asked. But yeah, so that was kind of like a weird little thing on the lunch where it was just sort of this awkward thing that kept happening, you know? You can only say thank you so many times before it gets weird. And uh, anyway, weirdest thing happened. So we're at this restaurant bar. This isn't that weird. I shouldn't have said the weirdest thing happened. Something happened. We're at this restaurant bar at like 3 p.m. It's a nice place. I would describe the vibe as familial. Is that a word? Familiar. I would describe the vibe as family-oriented, okay? There's like babies running around. It's just, it's sort of, uh, you know, when you see like hot 32-year-old couples and they're out with their like toddler and it's like all trendy newlyweds with kids and they're doing that thing where they're like having a laugh. They got a schooner in one hand, a baby in the other. They're like, look at us. We're doing it all. We told you we'd still come out. And and it's great. They're all, they're all living La Vida Loca. It's unreal. And anyway, families everywhere. I'm having a birthday lunch, okay? It's all very PG, very above board. DJ in the corner, just blasting Deep House. What goes on with this, okay? Why do we have to have dance music blasting at every venue? If there's not anyone dancing, we don't need dance music. I'm trying to have have a lunch and ask my dad about his IT contract, and we've got Avicii blasting through the speakers. I don't know what, what is with bars and restaurants and cafes feeling the need to do this. I don't know if they're trying to distract you from the venue itself. You know, if the food sucks, we can still taste it. I don't care how much Calvin Harris is playing. But it's just weird. Like, I don't understand. I think people that need... It's like uh, when you go to the beach and someone's got... They're playing music out of a portable speaker at the beach and it's just like dance tunes. Mate, people that do that, people that play music out of a portable speaker at the beach, 
to me, that's the same as those like lads and, and weirdos that play music out of their phone on the bus. Okay? Create your own vibe, but keep it private. People that need dance music playing all the time are also the same people that like, you know, there's like a moment of silence at a pre-drinks and someone's like, let's play King of Beers. Or, oh my God, guys, I brought Cards Against Humanity. We should totally play it. And it's like, we don't, we don't have to play it. We don't need dance. Like we're just chatting. Chatting is so fun. The funnest thing in the world to me is just drinking beers and chatting. You know, and if you want to throw in some light narcotic use, okay, that's your agenda. And I'm going to fucking, I'm going to get on board because you're the host. I'm the guest. Hey, go along to get along. I'm easy going. But as far as, mate, there's nothing better than just drinking beers and having bands. And when they're cranking Avicii in at fucking 400 decibels, I can't hear myself think. And it just sort of fucks the table, you know? It turns your table into like, sort of like a laggy Zoom call where you're trying to, you say something and then someone's like, what? And then you say it again. And then they're like, oh yeah. It's like, there's no rhythm to the conversation. I feel like I'm FaceTiming my auntie on Christmas day. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's very hard to get the banter going when there's no rhythm. Okay. The only time we need dance music. And and by the way, if people are tapping toe, Irish two-step, there's a dance floor crank it into next week okay i'm not some sort of a narc but i'm saying if everyone's just having fucking light beer and there's literally a toddler under my fucking seat running around we don't need a dj there was a legitimate dj at 2 p.m i don't understand and it's kind of ruined picking up in pubs because no one can hear me what what am i bringing to the table you know I'm a gentleman 6 out of 10. I'll hit the Irish two-step, but I can't dance. And if you can't hear me, I struggle to see how I'm going to provide any value to your night whatsoever. So it's very bizarre. Don't love it. Um, I think we need to just... It's everywhere. Like, you go to get a coffee at 9am and people are blasting this shit. Everyone can just calm down. What happened to the tried and true thing of you get a a beautiful sunny pub 2pm on a Saturday... You get some freaking good-looking white guy with dreadies and no shoes on. You set him up with an acoustic gu- guitar in the corner, and off you go. It's a winning combination, you know? The music is soothing. Everyone can hear each other. The chicks love it because he's hot. The blokes aren't threatened because he's homeless. Everyone's a fucking winner, okay? So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the deep house in bars and restaurants. I think we could just chill out, unless there's an actual dance floor then let's go absolutely fucking nuts. But if people are eating canapes, don't really need Calvin Harris. That's my personal opinion. And uh, if you disagree, feel free to uh, to just send me something hurtful. Okay, up next, a couple of topics to crank into. This week, I'd like to briefly talk about reality television. There's a new Bachelor series on Australian television. Now, I've never really been a Bachelor man, but at the same time, I'm not against it, okay? Got a lot of time for The Bachelor because it's one of the only shows that actually works. Like, a couple of people have actually fucking got married off this thing, so fair play. But here's the deal. This year, The Bachelor single, forget about it. There's three bachelors and a myriad of white girls to choose from. So it's very exciting. Uh, this, I don't, I'm not sure what they've gone for with the three bachelors. They just... Real spray and pray approach from the Channel 10 producers this year as far as the different blokes picked. Firstly, you've got 
The first guy is sort of like a, a bisexual machine gun Kelly type character. Uh, very bizarre. He, he could potentially be malnourished, this young man. And uh, I wish him the best. He's very... Uh, I don't know how to describe him because I haven't actually watched this, even a second of the show. But it's interesting. If you are rake thin, like to the point of almost... You kind of look like Christian Bale in, in one of his more indie film choices, you know? You know, Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club vibe. If you are rake thin, it's quite uncomfortable. But if you get a neck tattoo, you're all of a sudden some sort of a sex icon, you know? If you are, if we can see your rib cage and you, and you have a chest tattoo, it heavily implies you might do heroin and be the coolest guy on the block. So this guy's in the mix. He, he's he's doing, the, doing the thing. He's the first guy. Then they've gone straight to this sort of, I guess, to balance out MGK. They've gone for like a, a really handsome 63-year-old man. You know, beautiful salt and pepper beard on this fella. Um, you know, he seems safe. He seems seems like maybe if there's a few girls who take a risk on Machine Gun Kelly and it doesn't work out, you know, you got Papa John here with a fucking an analog watch and a smile here to save the day, you know? Sort of giving off sugar daddy vibes type thing. Uh He's too old to be on The Bachelor. I think that's what I'm trying to say here. And and he's he's sort of doing his own thing. And then right in the middle, you've got sort of a 35-year-old TV host um, with fake teeth and fake hair and, and no doubt a fake personality. But I guess he's there as sort of like, you know, the, the middle ground. You know, if MGK is a bit too 2023 for you and then you've got the fucking Cold War King to the right of him clocking in at 63 years old and you're thinking, fuck... These are a bit too either end of the spectrum for me. Then we, we got this uh, this 34-year-old man who could potentially... He looks like he could maybe host like NRL on Fox or something like that. Very handsome. It's sort of like the three bears. Like this porridge is too hot. This porridge is too cold. This porridge is just right. So if I was that 35-year-old fella, you're in the driver's seat, mate. Okay? Just by virtue of the fact that you're not... You're not a sort of a weirdo or, or or get on the bus for free. So he's in the driver's seat as far as I could, I could tell. You know, I think if you got all three of them, if you could sort of did some sort of a Yu-Gi-Oh! fusion type situation, you would have like the perfect 29-year-old man, you know, did sort of a polymerization type thing. Um, I think if they all combined, you know, sort of like, you know, when the Power Rangers combine all their Zords to create the Megazord, that's what these fellas should do, and you'd have the most eligible bachelor of all time. Okay, um, but it's an exciting series. This ba- this bachelors, I should say, crazy chicks this year, which I love. Um, I love. Firstly, one chick has an OnlyFans, which was a big story. I think we need to normalize OnlyFans as far as yeah. And the thing with OnlyFans is it does vary because some chicks have an OnlyFans, and it's like you know they're just sort of selling bikini pics. Uh, to blokes who are just just trying to stave off the urge to get an AI girlfriend. And it's all quite above board. You know, you're thinking, fuck, you, there's racier stuff on, on girls' Instagrams for free. It's not the biggest deal. Okay, and why fully-fledged gentlemen pay for women, uh, pay for their bikini photos, I should say, is truly beyond me when 4K pornography is free. So not really across why blokes are doing that. But as far as girls having OnlyFans... And it being like newsworthy. 
I don't know. Because some chicks are doing OnlyFans and it's just full-blown pornography. You know, they're getting strung up in some sort of a gangbang type situation. But like I said, other girls, it's quite PG. I think OnlyFans, we should treat OnlyFans like, you know, it's like your mate bartends on the weekends. It's really just a second form of income, you know? If a girl has an OnlyFans, it's like, oh, yeah, I do I do dog walking on the weekends or I do a bit of cricket coaching on the side, you know? That's just an industrious young woman who's just, um, you know, making a bit of extra cash to pay for her first home. I really see no qualms there. And the thing was, she got uh, outed as having an OnlyFans. That's what I didn't like about it. You got outed, you know? It's like... It's like it's on the internet. It's public. Okay, I don't understand the shaming behind that. Uh, I think really, yeah, not the biggest deal. Oh, that's what I was going to say because this chick got outed for having an OnlyFans. But how many of these other chick contestants deleted theirs before they came on the show? I mean, really, if you had a Venn diagram of chicks who have OnlyFans and chicks who want to go on The Bachelor, you're probably looking at one circle just quietly. So don't really think that's the biggest deal. Good on her for being an industrious woman. Uh, One chick, dude, this chick's my (laughs) favourite. One chick came in and she goes, there was like an oyster bar and champagne or something. And she goes, (laughs) if I was on this show, I'd pick this girl straight away and I'd walk off the production. I'd say, hold my hand, we're leaving together right now. She walks in and just goes, my my three favourite things are here. Oysters, champagne, and dick. <laughs> this chick's a comedic genius. She's got the rule of three nailed, you know? I, I truly marvel at some of the shit people say on reality TV. Like, I don't know if you just forget the cameras are there. I would have a hard time forgetting, personally. And, yeah, that just fucking cracked me up. Oh, my God. Put a ring on that chick, whoever... If I'm MGK, I'm thinking this is the one for me. You know, she's straight up, okay? But then the big scandal this year on The Bachelor is, is that one of these women ha- is in an open relationship. She actually has a boyfriend on the outside. Now, it's 2023. You know, we've got MGK in the next room definitely identifying as seven different genders at once. So I'm not here to fucking bash anyone's relationship choices. You know, the more the merrier, etc. But I would say that if I was in an open relationship, and, and maybe this guy, you know, has taken the bullet for all of us. If I was in an open relationship, I would have to say one rule, do whatever you want. You just can't go on telly and do it. Is that unreasonable? Am I a 19th century bigot? Babe, you know, we're open. See who you want. Have sex with who you want. My only rule is please do not pursue other men on national television. Okay, I'm sorry to sort of rule with an iron fist. That's going to have to be my one ground rule because this bloke is getting cucked out in front of the nation and it's quite unfortunate. Okay. And the last episode, her boyfriend came on the show to like meet The Bachelor. Okay. Two heavy hitters competing over this woman. And this guy, this is really unfortunate. This guy is like a six out of 10. Imagine if I went on The Bachelor as some chick's boyfriend and she was... Ah, the fucking camera just ended. One second. That's so annoying. I was on a hot, hot riff there. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So this chick's boyfriend in the open relationship, 
I think if you're going to be in an open relationship and let her go on national television, you need to be significantly attractive. You know? This guy is like a hard six. Like, if I, if I was competing with this guy, I'd be backing myself in. So, I don't know how he's going to compete with this freaking 35-year-old Fox Sports presenter with performance enhancers in his fucking hair. You're going to have a tough time. And he went on there saying, I hope she picks me. It's like, mate, by virtue of the fact you're on camera right now, I would suggest that she hasn't, okay? So fair play uh, to anyone with the confidence and self-esteem required to pull off an open relationship. I personally uh, would never be able to do it. I famously had a go at a girl uh, for hugging her uncle in one of the great mix-ups. But I will say that if you're going to wade into this, you better be the, one of the hotter guys we've seen. And I wouldn't let her go on national television. Okay, because we got this six out of ten getting cucked out in front of the whole nation, and it's actually quite unsettling. And really, the only way for this to resolve itself is if this guy came on the show and just started swinging. Okay, <laughs> imagine this bloke comes on the show, and the guy's like, "The Bachelor's like, wow, I think it's so cool. You're willing to let her come on this show and be open about all of this. You know, wow, that's so progressive." And, and the boyfriend's just like, fuck that, mate. I'm here to chin you. Let's go. And they just start teeing off on each other. That would be really the only way to get yourself out of this, okay? So fair play to that bloke. You're in a, you're in a world of pain, mate. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. Now, and just, to, just finally, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, the first bloke. God bless him. He actually handed a chick a rose and got knocked back, I saw. Which I didn't know you could even... I don't know how it works on this one. I guess she's thinking, fuck off Machine Gun Kelly. I want the Fox Sports presenter. Okay, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. So I, I guess this is a new form of the thing, The Bachelors. Um, you can hand a chick a rose and she can hand it straight back. Whereas before, when you're the only guy, you hand a chick a rose, she's bloody... She's loving it. Thank you. Thank you so much, you know. So poor Machine Gun Kelly, I would say to him, mate, just let it fuel the music. Let it fuel the music, mate. I look forward to your next album, okay? <laughs> I think the guy is a musician as well. If he's not a musician, he definitely works at JB Hi-Fi. So either way, I wish him the best of luck. And the old fella, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't see any news about him. So I guess he's just, he's probably just being normal and nice to everyone which is a surefire way to not win a reality television show, okay? <laughs> oh, God. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, I've been using these Manscaped products for a while, guys, and let me tell you, the safety, the ease of use, the fucking results, I mean, it's just, once you, once you bloody jump on the Manscaped train, you'll walk past Shaver Shop and look at all those other brands and think, why do you exist? You know, it's like when, when iPods were around and there was like other MP3 player brands. It's like, you're not going to buy those. You're going to get a freaking iPod. And that's exactly what Manscaped is. It's the iPod of personal grooming. 
So get on board, okay? You will not regret it. It's a new year, new balls with the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0 and other premium wet goods. Inside the Performance Package, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0 with advanced skin-safe technology that reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. And of course, a grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest parts of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed, travel bag, and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to all your goodies stored comfortably. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code word DARCY. Time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. Anyway, this week's Pelican of the Week. Pelican of the Week is back for 2023 and should it have ever left? Fuck up. Probably not. It's my favorite segment. This week's Pelican of the Week is Australian cultural icon Molly Meldrum. Okay, Molly Meldrum sort of just got, before my time, but got super famous for interviewing musicians and celebrities on a hit television show, which name escapes me. I think it was Countdown. Double check that. Now, Molly Meldrum went on stage at an Elton John concert because they're boys. And unfortunately for the great man, he has mooned the entire audience. Okay. And (laughs) so he is this week's Pelican of the Week. I kind of resent it when non-musicians go on go on stage at gigs and just sort of jump around. Like I don't know I don't know what you're doing up there. Either pick up a guitar or fuck off. But also Molly Meltrum. <laughs> Pelican of the week because because he's just a clown. Okay? He's just an absolute clown. And he came out and apologized and said that he actually had a faulty belt. Okay. Now either that's true. And I don't, I don't know. You've gone on stage at a massive concert with no belt, forgot you had no belt, you, and you've, you've pants have fallen down in one of the more unlikely situations and pathetic apologies we've ever seen. Uh, most likely is that you're just an absolute ragamuffin, mate, and you've mooned the crowd. And if that's the case, then no apologies needed. Okay, you're a pelican, but at the same time you're an icon, and really no harm, no foul. Okay. Molly Meldrum is 79 years old. I don't need anyone over the age of 75 to apologize to me for absolutely anything. You are basically a child, okay? If a nine-year-old went on stage at an Elton John concert and mooned the crowd, would he have to do a public apology on the Today Show? No. No, he wouldn't. Because you know why? He's not mature enough to know the difference. And I would say that after 75, most of these people who lived through the 80s and 90s and were famous doing all sorts of gear with no idea. There's no chance they've got any brain cells left to rub together, okay? So if Molly Meldrum wants to go on stage and moon 40,000 people at an Elton John concert, that's his prerogative, okay? He's a pelican, but he's not one that needs to apologize to me. And here's the thing. All those gals in the crowd, you know, the, the gals in their 70s, 60s, who grew up with Molly Meldrum as an icon, 
you can't tell me there wasn't a few women going, fucking hell, that is the cherry on top of what has been an already sensational night out. I've been waiting to see that guy's backside for about 40 years and what an absolute treat it was. So Molly Meldrum, you're a pelican, you're a ragamuffin, you're a rascal. Uh, Yeah, I got no qualms, dude. Play on, okay? Play on. But I would say, Molly, next time you storm the stage at the Logies, moon people in Elton John concert, or just do something fucking weird in general, no need to apologize, big fella, okay? No need to apologize. Okay, up next, I'd like to talk about this whole toasted sandwich incident with Marnus Labashain. So, the test match, sorry, the test documentary came out on Amazon Prime. It follows the Australian cricket team around. It's a fantastic production, which I will talk about after this. But firstly, big news, this Marnus Labashain toasted cheese sandwich issue. Ham and cheese, to be correct. So, what's happened is, Marnus Labashain has made a ham and cheese toasty. Then he puts it in the fridge, goes and trains, and comes back and eats it. And he said he prefers ham and cheese toasties cold. He likes that cheese to, to harden up a bit, okay? And I've come at this from every angle possible to try and exonerate the great man. He's the number one test batsman in the world, and I will defend him to the hilt, okay? I've spent hours on this. We had two whiteboards going last night. Maka was screaming, Adzi was in tears. We've worked at this from every angle, okay? I just can't see a way where this isn't the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And I've tried, okay? I've looked up, I've looked down, I checked under my bed, but unfortunately, this is one of the stupidest things any man on God's green earth has ever done, okay? Does Marnus know that cheese is cold before you toast it? Okay, because I don't understand the process of melting the cheese just to put it back in the fridge to return it to its original state. He's basically making a fucking ham and cheese toasty and then whipping it into a time machine to half an hour before he prepared it and then eating it. It's very bizarre. Just make toast and just have normal ham and cheese and then put it together. Okay, this is fucking weird behavior. The whole point of the toasted sandwich maker is to heat up the cheese, okay? The temperature is literally the only thing that makes a ham and cheese toasty. Many people, many people need to wait for their ham and cheese toasty to cool down. So I understand that. Even if he, if he left it at room temperature while he trained and came back, that's almost, you know, you come back, it's lukewarm, scoffing temperature. You can fucking nail that in two bites. I almost get that, okay? And that's me stretching as a fan of the great man. Okay, I can almost understand that type of behavior. To put it in the fridge and make it to the point where you've got this ice-cold hockey puck with really no texture or flavor left whatsoever, that's bizarre behavior, mate, okay? John Crookshank. <laughs> oh, city comedian John Crookshank has the best ham, uh, toasty joke. He goes, he goes, last week I made a ham cheese tomato toasty. Anyway, I'm still waiting for the thing to fucking cool down. <laughs> So good. But uh, yeah, this is bizarre, dude. And it just goes to show what people are willing to put up with when you're successful. If you, like when you're the number one test batsman in the world, you can behave like this and people are just like turning a blind eye. Like, "Eh, I don't know, he got 200 last game. Just let him go. You know, if if, if you had a fully fledged private citizen 
who's just like an accountant, and he did this in the office, you're probably going to have to call some sort of a uh, mental health hospital or uh, a professional of some of some description to come and have a word with him and sort this out. You know, ask him if if the toasted cheese sandwich is potentially for his imaginary friend who likes them cold. You know, is this for Jason, your imaginary snowman friend? What's happening, Marnus? Okay, but when you're the number one batsman in the world, you can behave this way and people just sort of fucking let it go. Um, so very bizarre, really don't understand really anything Marnus does without a cricket bat in his hand and even with it in his hand, some of the things he does is pretty weird. But, you know... Whatever you do, just let him keep doing it because it's obviously fucking working, all right? And I think we all know there's a few great cricketers around the country this weekend who are going to nail an ice-cold ham and cheese, tomato. Oh, actually, there was no tomato. Ham, cheese, toasty, cold to the bone in the hopes that it will help them see the ball with as much clarity as Marnus does. But I think you'll just end up having a really crap Sambo before you head out and get yet another duck. So... Good luck to anyone who tries to emulate this truly autistic behavior. Anyway, speaking of the documentary, I'd like to ever so briefly talk about it. Firstly, this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. The Test on Amazon Prime. It follows the Australian cricket team around for about eight months. And it's so good because here's the thing. They've created all this drama out of the ashes. Like, it's fantastic storytelling. There's all these little plots going on with selections and COVID and, you know, this and that and JL. And in reality, they scoot past the fact we're absolutely destroying the English in one of the most boring series of all time. Boring in, in, the, in the fact that it wasn't a contest in any way, shape or form. Okay, so the way they've been able to create this drama out of what was an absolute one-sided shellacking um, is a testament to the whole production crew. And a few things, a few takeaways for me personally. Firstly, Pat Cummins is the most likable person on the planet. It's unbelievable. You can't help but smile when you see him. Every time they barge in on Pat Cummins, he's just like being cute and charitable, you know? He's just like laughing to himself, patting a a puppy or something. Or they they go, oh, Pat, can we interrupt you? And he's just like, He's like feeding fucking a a baby bird, nursing it back to health. Like, you cannot catch out squeaky clean Cummins, okay? He's just, he's a delight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's almost, when you combine the fact with how good looking he is, and then he's got this stunning pomming girlfriend as well. And how's this from Pat Cummins? This just, this guy, I, I swear to God, I'm tearing up as I'm saying this. Just blown away by what a man this guy is. Dude, when he first started dating his 10 out of 10 pommy girlfriend, he told her he was a fucking uni student because he was out on injury. He didn't even tell her he played cricket for Australia. And then she walked past a bus stop one day and his face was all over it. Holy shit, dude. What a guy, okay? What a guy. If I was Pat Cummins, this is how I introduced myself to women at the pub. Hi, I'm Pat Cummins. I'm a rich professional cricketer. How are you? That's what I say, verbatim, okay? Now, to be fair to me, I do tell girls I'm a strata manager at the pub. That's only because I'm embarrassed uh, about how, how few views this podcast gets on YouTube, okay? As soon as I get Will Gibb levels of fame, I'm out the gate telling you I'm a comedian. What's up? Anyway, so Pat Cummins is just unbelievable. 
uh, Usman Khawaja. And I cried during this part of the the doco when Uzi was like, "I'll never play cricket for Australia again." So who cares? And then he goes and peels off two Test centuries. I mean, Usman Khawaja could legitimately sue Cricket Australia for three million dollars in match fees. He should have been paid. Uh, for all the times he was not selected for the Australian cricket team for some reason. It's hilarious looking back now, and they have Marcus Harris in the team while Usman Khawaja is on the bench in a fluoro vest. Marcus Harris. (laughs) Marcus Harris is not fit to tie up Usman Khawaja's shoelaces. Okay? And if you look at some of the batsmen over the years that we have gone with ahead of Usman Khawaja... It's literally insane. It's bordering on corruption and racism or something. It's crazy to me. And I've all, I always said it like, fair play, now we have Marnus Labashane. In the era before Marnus Labashane, where it was Dave Warner, Steve Smith, and then four nondescript average test batsmen, and Usman Khawaja was not getting picked, that was insane. It was Dave Warner and Steve Smith. If you think Usman Khawaja was not the third best batsman in Australia at that time, you're out to lunch. If you think he wasn't at least the fourth best batsman, you're freaking, you know what I mean? You probably have toasted sandwiches cold out of the fridge, okay? And if you think he wasn't in the top six best batsman in the country at that time, dude, I don't even, you probably play deep house at cafes, you fucking idiot, Okay? Holy shit, Usman Khawaja has been ripped off more than any professional sportsman in Australian history. So I love that part of the uh, of the doco, the parts where he could understand the Pakistani players and he was talking about, you know, his background and what it meant to him and all this. Oh, Usman Khawaja. If I'm KO or Channel 7, I'm licking my lips, dude, as far as this guy is a future commentator. Firstly, he's actually got original opinions. Uh, secondly, he's brown, so cultural diversity points for the network, okay, which they desperately need. And thirdly, fuck, I don't care. I don't need a thirdly, okay? He's Usman Khawaja. Holy shit, he's just the most impressive guy on the planet. I love him. Uh, thirdly, uh, on as far as points I loved about this doco, the dynamic between Marnus Labashane and Steve Smith is nothing short of adorable, okay? They're like big brother, little brother, you know? It's kind of like when you see those videos on the internet where it's like a cow and a dog become best friends. It's just hilarious to watch. You know, they've got like their own little like autistic language or something. It's fucking beautiful. They should start their own their own podcast called Batism, where they just have extremely in-depth discussions about like different grips and trigger movements. <laughs> because those guys absolutely love it. They absolutely love it. And I love them. Okay, it's it's. Seeing two weirdos mesh, it's beautiful. And they're so good at what they do, you know? Marnus Labashane as well. He's just a smart human being. I wonder if anyone else goes to Steve Smith as much as Marnus. Like, as soon as Marnus Labashane got in the test team, he's like, right, the guy who bats after me is the greatest batsman, not only in the world, but probably probably going to go down as second to Bradman. Maybe I should ask this guy for some tips, Okay. So fair play to Marnus Labashane. He's a smart man. And, uh, and yeah, so love that part of the doco. Um, and then finally, just the JL bit. Um, <laughs> this doco really puts... And I know I've spoken about Justin Langer far too much on this podcast, so I won't keep you too long here. 
But Justin Langer, uh, every, I mean, you could tell he wasn't, he wasn't buddy buddy with the cameraman because every single shot of Justin Langer in this doco is him looking just fucking furious and or like he's plotting something. Okay, there's not a single shot of Justin Langer smiling in this documentary, and this doco really puts into perspective how truly idiotic it was that they fired him because they're up three nil in the Ashes, three nil from three games. And they're talking about firing him. That'd be like if you're at your office and you broke all the sales records and you were by far and away the best employee in the sales team. And everyone was like, yeah, you're about to be sacked. You'd be like, why? And they'd be like, because your banter's crap and you make us uncomfortable. Okay. And like I said before on this podcast, ad nauseum, two things can be true. Justin Langer is clearly a fantastic cricket coach and he's clearly uh, kind of a weirdo with, with potentially... Potentially average people skills. He makes people uncomfortable. It's kind of abrasive, and that's why he was fired. Doesn't mean he's not a fantastic career coach, you know? Just no one wants to get a coffee with you, mate. And when you're traveling through Pakistan with this bloke for two months at a time, being able to sit next to him on a bus is a desirable quality. So not much you can do there. Poor JL just came across like an absolute psycho. And I know he doesn't mean to be. He just has like resting cunt face, you know? It's like in The Simpsons when Homer runs in, he's like, Bart, could I show you my new hockey mask and chainsaw? And it's like, and Bart's like, what the fuck? And Homer's like, what, what? That's Justin Langer, okay? He just wants to show you his new hockey mask and chainsaw, but he keeps scaring everyone, okay? So poor JL, I wish him the best. And uh, just to finish us off here, the project for this week, obviously the project is where the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. This week, firstly, just at the end of the Australian summer, I haven't watched a Big Bash game in like eight days, as you do at this time of year. And I'd just like to give a shout out to the Grade Cricketer podcast. Fuck, it is so good. I don't usually listen to it that much because I don't want to like just repeat what they say on my podcast. You know, you want to have your own takes. Um, but this summer, I really got into it and... Uh, dude, it, God, it's so good. If you like, because a lot of people message me saying they like my cricket chat, but if you like actual cricket chat, listen to them. They actually have a clue of what's going on out there. Most of my cricket chat is just sort of the, you know, the schizophrenic utterings of a man who has personal grievances with Australian players. He's never actually met. Okay. So these are just my opinions and I'm just sort of a clown, you know, like I'm not really a hundred percent across everything that's happening. And, uh, and and then couple that with a, a swing very aggressive and wild. So it's a recipe for an entertaining podcast, but it's not necessarily a recipe for fantastic cricket analysis and uh, or at the very least accurate analysis. So if, if you like actual cricket chat, um, get into those boys. They're fucking unbelievable. They're so funny. Uh, couple that with an actual understanding of the game on a global scale. Okay, I'll be honest. I've never watched a game of IPL in my life. And I struggle to get through a full season of Big Bash. And if the time zones don't suit me, I, I don't even really watch Australia when they're overseas. And um, I th- uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I've just really got no clue on. Um, it doesn't stop me from chatting about it on this podcast. But if you want to hear from someone who actually has a clue, check those boys out. And, uh, and then just on cricket as well, Meg Lanning came back for the Australian women's cricket team. She was the captain. She took a six-month hiatus for... I was going to say personal reasons, but she took it just to sort of take a step back from the game, you know, 
which which I love. But this is what I love about this. During that time, she was washing dishes and making coffees at a cafe. She's like the fucking equalizer or something, you know? It's like Denzel Washington working at that at Bunnings Warehouse in that film. You know, I love it when like crazy like I love movies where there's like an assassin living in everyday life. To me, that's like Meg Lanning working at a cafe. You know? Imagine like someone comes into the cafe and someone's like, there's a fast bowler at the local nets terrorizing everyone. You just hear a, a, a plate break near the dishwasher. Meg Lanning's just looking ahead, just fucking icy cold. She's like, she's like, I'll handle this. Everyone step back. She just goes in there and just starts pongoing this guy. <laughs> Sorry, it just <laughs> I know in my head this is like a this is the dumbest thing ever, but I'm picturing like a like the equalizer, but instead of being an assassin, Denzel is a retired cricket great. That's <laughs> Anyway, well, man, that's, I'm just going to cut that. Don't worry about that. That equalizer bit will not make the podcast, so don't stress. Uh, Billy Darcy edits this podcast, and he does a fantastic job. But yeah, Meg Lanning came back from washing dishes and clearing her mind. You know, isn't it weird how doing someone else's crap job can clear your mind, but doing your own is just absolute hell on earth? You know, I used to wash dishes for a living, and let me tell you, it didn't exactly help the fucking head noise just quietly. If anything, it gave me more time uh, to let my demons rattle around the old top paddock. So, fair play to Meg Lanning. Glad she was able to take a break. She came back as Australian captain uh, the other day. She got 60-odd. She's back. Love that. And uh, Phoebe Litchfield, 19-year-old gun, on debut, got like 75 not out or some shit as well. And and here's the thing. Phoebe Litchfield is just one of the most aesthetic batsmen we've ever seen. So, look forward to uh, seeing her on many bus ads in the future. But yeah, that is the project for this week. That is the podcast for this week. Rowan Arneal's coming up in the second half. I'll be announcing some tour dates in the coming weeks. And yeah, dude. All right. Thanks for listening. Way too long. Way too long. Yeah. And I can see the ground now. Way too gone. Way too gone. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. What a time to be alive, etc. Joining me as always, Rowan Arneal. Rowan, mate, what's going on? Done. Back. Back in the booth. Back in the booth. Are you going to spit fire? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that before we started, you were saying... That I'm going to spit mad fire in the booth. Yeah, that you're going to spit mad fire in the booth. Oh, I don't think I've been very confident about anything today. Oh, really? This is the end of my holidays. Well, it's Monday. You should be back to work today. Well, yeah, I had to call that off. To- that happens. That happens, mate. And you know what? You had the day off today. I will say some of us didn't. Mm. Okay. Blue collar bill. Check that out on my hand. What's that? What's that to the naked oh, eye? a little blister. You're toughening up. Nice. Another one on the thumb. Oh, wow. Is this from the whip? No, I was on the Matic, mate. Oh, on the Matic. Now yeah. you know what a Matic is. Not only do I know what it is, I now know how to use it. Nice. So, replanted a whole garden today. It's pretty tiring, the Matic. Yeah, it is. It was yeah. tough work, tough slogging. But you know me, mate. I'm fucking... You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Like... <laughs> you're never going to get any bits out of being hardworking. Every time you work, you're like, mate... Here I am. I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, every time Mac is like, how was your day? I'm like, mate, fucking huge. <laughs> and then Adzi was working with me all day. He's like, it was pretty cruisy. 
So, you know, but I'm blue collar bill, mate. I'm a man of the people. I've got dirt and blisters on my hand. I'm not, I know what a Matic is mm. and I've been fucking using one. Nice. Okay. So I'm just saying, coming from someone who was supposed to be doing manual labor today. Mm. But sometimes you wake up on the sun, on the South coast, four hours away from home and you're like, it would be immoral for me to get in a vehicle right now. So, okay. So you got stranded on the South coast. That's why you couldn't work today. I had, yeah, I just couldn't drive. I was like, this is too much. Australians have a fucking bad relationship with drugs and alcohol. <laughs> and I went to a wedding. I emceed a wedding. You and- emceed another wedding? Mm. Oh, I didn't know you emceed it. Yeah, it was heaps of fun. Um, did you do some gear for the people? I'm talking about material. I did a, I did a couple of minutes up top. Yeah, Sh- a little treat. Created a hero, created a villain, got out of there, Billy. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and then just really let everyone's compliments kind of start me for to be able to talk about myself for like four hours yeah that's classic arneal that is it was yesterday i was definitely thinking back to some conversations and being like wow mate you are disgusting (laughs) (laughs) you really are filthy mate you did turn into like kevin hart on a podcast after five beers (laughs) 10 beers and just a few treats and a few compliments and you'll really stretch those compliments out be like all right nice yeah i would like to mention a few things yeah yeah i am going to be rich i'm going to be successful this is who i am i was born to do this yeah so you've just said you enjoyed my mc let me tell you why you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, there's nothing better than uh, if you could just... You get that sweet, just six beers compliments. Oh. Where, where you, the, the beers have knocked over the anxiety. Because sober, I'm like, mm. yeah, 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 don't worry. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, worry, yeah. don't no, worry. No, that was barely... That wasn't me. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Some guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly right. I'm like, but just I, stop it. After six beers, I'm like, I could I could listen to why you think I'm great. Mm. I could I could see, I could do it for five minutes. Yeah, I, I will... I've got some things to add about why, I'm, why that was yeah, good and why that's great. I'm worried that you might be missing some of the reasons I am so great. <laughs> so, why don't you give me what you think and then I'll just clean it up on the end. Um, yeah, I had a situation as well. It's just like, you just remember times you just like completely just did not perform in a conversation well, like the lack of self-awareness. I was all fucked up and I, I'm post wedding MC and post my sister's wedding recently. I'm yeah. so like into talking about weddings yeah. and I was like, this and person, cute as shit. Yeah. So I was just on an absolute wedding trip. And I just kept being like to this person being like, oh, so when are you getting married? Aren't they? You should, you've been together for so long. And they're like, oh, it's actually kind of rocky right now, mate. It's not. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, these are the reasons why my sister's wedding was so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> and then just talked about my sister's wedding for like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, dude. Yeah. So well, c- could I just tell you about a couple that is going to make it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. And then I was telling that to my mate um, the next day. And he's like, Oh, I did that to him as well. Fuck. Oh, no. I had so many. <laughs> Dude, I, I had one of those. Was there any of this where you go, Oi, oi, mate, where's, where's fucking Kayla? And he yeah. goes, she's gone, mate. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was as well. She wasn't there. Oh, really? Yeah, she wasn't there. Has she got the flu, mate? Is she sick? Yeah. Oh, she's sick of you. We're just trying to work things out right now. Ooh. So sad. And here's the thing. People that hit the rocks and try to work things out. You're not going to work it out, are you? Oh, don't. Maybe they'll work it out. I mean, fingers crossed. I, I, romantic comedies are my favorite genre. Mm. Okay? You've told a few zingers at the wedding. This guy's crying. You've got all the ingredients for a great film. Yeah, they can do it, mate. They can do it. You'll get there, guys. I met, I met a... F- well, someone I know is a female Billy Darcy fan. 
which oh hang on that, that brings us to eight which <laughs> <laughs> is a true hard thing to catch out in the wild oh my god um, so when you when you hear about that you're like oh nice isn't that good so i could i could tell me about her what, what's she like she's, what? a, she's an accountant an accountant mm. we're breaking new ground across she, multiple she could, areas she could do here. your books she could oh, yeah. do your tax for you as oh. a fan maybe Fucking hell! Yeah, I'm I'm up the I'm up the creek with my taxes, so I'm, <laughs> I need a very um I need an accountant who is you know got a bit of skin in the game because like if you don't know me or have any connection to me, you're just gonna go <laughs> what the, I'm not don't drag me into this. <laughs> I could I could do prison time just for talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I asked her about that. I was like, I was gonna go to my uncle, but he's all very like above board like legally like yeah. he likes to protect his clients from the wrath of the ato instead of just being like oh they probably won't get you which is the kind of accountant i want see i go for the they don't come for small fish mentality yeah 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 but apparently they kind of make an example out of a lot of small fish really yeah. sometimes they'll just fucking blow up a few small fish <laughs> yeah. just to point at the other fish and be like hey yeah. let that be a lesson to all you little cunts out there because mm. my dad's best mate is a tax accountant and he's like mate my dad's like mate He'll sort you out whenever you need it. And mm. it's like, yeah, but then he'll know things about me that you don't even know. I know, exactly. <laughs> you That's know what what's I mean? so scary. I'm not doubting your mate's ability to do my taxes. I'm doubting his ability to look me uh, look at me the same <laughs> way afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I was telling her as well, because I thought about just... Because she always offers... Because she quite likes being an accountant, um, which is insane. Um but, and I'm just like, I have this image of her and her fiance, like spreading out my invoices over their table and just laughing, just like cackling. <laughs> like she was, uh, we dated when I was like 14 or something. And just the, even, the, even that, just like that's, I, it's too vulnerable, man. Oh wait, she's an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowan O'Neill's ex-girlfriend is a Billy Darcy fan. She does like jokes. It does make sense. What a narrative. Mm. Yeah, Which she- also when she was telling me i was like oh did you know so much about my life then yeah i, <laughs> I guess know, i don't know how i feel about that has she been listening to the parts the second half of the episode you're on yeah she has yeah. and she's been enjoying it she has yeah well she, no, no she, hatred in her heart she was a woman on coke they do like throwing out compliments oh but, yeah. yeah how good's that mate so yeah okay so you're funny enough that your ex-girlfriend will fucking tune in well, also, I didn't betray her. She betrayed me. Oh. So, she doesn't have the- I like her even more. The anger that I hold inside. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, oh, yeah. we'll keep that up the old sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any anger towards her. That's great. It was a long time ago. I've got nothing but love for her. I've never met her, but uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and she could be the angel we need to get us out of this. Mm. But that's exciting. Any, any other weird shit happened at the wedding or- Oh, I woke up on- Sunday. So basically, you didn't work Monday because you were too scat Sunday. Yeah, I couldn't get in the car. You couldn't get in the car. And I, I just had to tell everyone. I was like, "Do you guys think I should drive?" And it's just all these fucked up people being like, "No, you shouldn't drive." Were they all staying another day? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. booked it for two. Um, um, and it was right on this like lake, and it was just like grass, and then mud, and then lake, and it was so nice. And then I obviously had to call my girlfriend and get her to validate the fact that I'm not going to work tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, you shouldn't work tomorrow. That's dangerous. I was like, it is dangerous. Is it dangerous to operate machinery while sad? Because that's the only issue I see here. My head hurt so much. Like, it was just like the thought of opera. And I was driving Chris home and we realized when he picked it up that my passenger side seatbelt stopped working. 
Yeah. So we just kind of put him in a black shirt. So it looked like, so you couldn't tell that there wasn't a seatbelt because he was wearing a white shirt at the Oh start. my God. So we swapped shirts while So you've got down. make-believe seatbelts in your fucking car. <laughs> yeah, for a four You're all on drive. the verge of tears because you're coming down so hard. Maybe you shouldn't have driven. I think I was right. Especially when I brought up the seatbelt. I'm like, it just gives me so much anxiety. Really? See, I reckon if I was that scat, I'd just be like, I'm getting the fuck home at all costs. Yeah. Four hours, like four or four and a half hours. Like, it's just a lot. To- and can, can Chris not do a stint? No, nah, he doesn't have a driver's license. Interesting. Interesting choice of life. Totally Chris. checks out for your friendship group. <laughs> no, there's a few of those. Yeah. And then, yeah, so he doesn't have a license and then you wouldn't have a seatbelt in the passenger seat. Mm. Plus, you've got two brain cells left. So, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts and in I that. like. I had a couple of beers at lunch thinking that would make me feel better. And then I'm just like on the piss again. And then, now you're like, oh, hang on. This is my third beer. <laughs> and I just kept being like, I'll feel better in like a f- few hours. And then I just kept feeling worse. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Is this a... What's going on, mate? Usually, don't you walk through the fires of this stuff pretty regularly? Um, Not really. Hey, not not that sort of stuff. Not um, Yeah. I'm right. not like... Dude, that's the thing about doing it. A, t- a tiny amount of drugs at a wedding you're like holy shit there are so many tradies that do this every weekend dude i'll tell you for free if i i'm down to doing caps like once a year and even then write me off for a week it's like nuts dude the only episode of the podcast i've ever re-recorded <laughs> was because i did like three caps and then like on the fucking what the tuesday the tuesday that week mm. i couldn't like connect sentences mm. like i was just talking into the microphone but nothing was coming out <laughs> You know, it yeah, was just, just really bad. Just words. Yeah, it fucks my creativity. <laughs> Bombing for three days. The podcast sucks. I hate myself. Like mm. the the back end for for me on these things is fucking awful. <laughs> when I used to work at Westfield, it sort of coincided back when I used to do that stuff a bit more. And uh, I'll tell you, dude. Um, like I got so much existential dread from like validating some old lady's parking. She's like, "Can you validate my parking?" I'm like, "Can you validate my existence?" Like. <laughs> I'm freaking the fuck out, dude, but... Yeah, it's too much. And there are so many much. tradies that are just non-stop doing that. Dude, I, I, I've i got mates who, like, I would do, like, two, and I'd be, like, fucking climbing the walls and shit. You know, my jaw's another postcode. i got mates that would do, like, eight, mm. and then the next day do even more. And it was just, like, <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm just... I'm just not that good on it either. I'm not that good on it either. I'm not that good on it. Like, fucking hell. Some even of the if things I, let, I said. Also, even let's say hypothetically, let's say I could take eight. Yeah. Or six or even five. Let's say if I could. My, like, my behavior would just be out to lunch. Like, I'm like a gremlin after two. Mm. So, like. Dude. It, saw- w- it would just become untenable. Someone gave me a bump in the afternoon when we're all on this hill. It's, like, so beautiful. And I was just like. Oh, gross. I'm going to have to speak into a microphone soon. Oh, oh wait. So, you've done MDMA pre-microphone? Just Coke. Oh, okay. Um, but just like... And it just made me feel like so anxious and ill. And then I went and smoked a joint with someone. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can yeah. be stoned and talking to a microphone. I've done yeah, that. Yeah. But it's just so... The idea of it was just like, oh, I don't know how it comes to do this. I've, yeah, I've never spoken into a microphone on cocaine and nor do I intend to. There's nothing good that could come from that. I don't, Absolutely yeah, nothing. I don't yeah. think anything good would come. <laughs> really, really bad. Dude, I remember the first time I did comedy really drunk. It was um, Mug and Kettle, the last ever open mic. I don't mm. know if you were there at the record crate. Yeah, I think so. Dude, we got so hammered on fucking... Uh, I don't know. It was back when like you bought those cans that had like three standards in them or whatever. Mm. Oh, um, Little Fat Lamb. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, Do yeah. people still drink that stuff? I think teens probably would, but I think seltzers probably has taken over. Yeah, well, we had the little fat lamb, me and James Brennan, Matt Fong. Mm. This is- The early days. Yeah, the early yeah, days. I wasn't brother. around then. And um, I went on stage just hammered, hammered, and I felt great. And I thought I was killing, and then I realized I was just screaming. <laughs> Because, like, the room was packed out and stuff. And I realized, like, I actually wasn't doing very well mm. at all. But I was just so overconfident. Mm. So, like, yeah, that, that'll probably do me. Anything yeah. past four beers on stage becomes pretty slippery. Yeah, and people don't know that as well. Because also, people that don't speak into microphones often, they're actually, like, oddly less stressed about it than I kind of am when I'm at a wedding. Because I've seen it go bad. <laughs> like, I've seen... I know me too drunk to do things... Like, yeah, they're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you'll just get better. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just do this. Yeah, no, have a couple for sure. Yeah. yeah. Have a couple. <laughs> but just be careful. So, I woke up on Sunday and I just went to the front of this, the backyard and everyone, and my mate Eddie's girlfriend's like, she's like, you got to go get Eddie. And I was like, where is he? And then I look oh, out. Not and Eddie. It's, <laughs> and it's 70 meters out. Like, there's like probably like 20 meters, 20 meters of grass. And then like this mud that you kind of like stick into it ankle depth and then like a lake yeah and he's right at the waterline with a canoe and he's just got his head he's not hasn't quite made it to the water but his head is like down and his hips are like up and he's not wearing a shirt and he's just getting blasted by the sun is this the next day or yeah yeah what's what's happened there um eddie's down he took a bunch of ketamine then um decided to get the canoe in the um the lake, and then K-hold when he got to the water. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> just out there. And then you got to get back p- past the mud. <laughs> and he just... Because it's like once you get there, you're like, well, I've got to drag it back through the mud. Oh, so no. He's oarless out there as well. He forgot to take an oar. And um, and then someone took an oar out to him at one stage. But then uh, my job was to like, can you just get him in? He's still in suit pants. He's in like semi I get out there. Oh, my God. He's, he's just staring into the sun. He's so burnt. Dude, if I was Kate Holling in like that mud, I reckon I'd freak out and think I was in like sinking sand or something. He um fell off the canoe when I was out there. And then was just in a hum, half in like an inch of water with like half of his face in the other half. Out. I was like, Eddie, mate, Casey's worried you're going to dry drown. You've got to get out of here. Dry drown. <laughs> Fuck it, hell, Eddie. Get out of the fucking lake. Yeah. Eddie, get out of the lake. And then Tompo's like, we could just carry him in the canoe. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. And he's just completely indignant to having help the whole time going, oh, fuck off. I was like, dude. Jesus Christ. We got to get you out of the sun. Mate, what, why can't you fucking weird surfy cunts just have a couple of glasses of champagne and toast to your friends getting married without fucking throwing all these weird shit up your nose? I knew it was going to, yeah, I knew that this wedding was going to be the wedding where- I knew it was going to be like this. <laughs> I, Eddie's just also been on a tropical island for um, like six months where there's no drugs or anything. And he's been living quite healthy. So I really knew that like he was going to be. So he, he was wound up for a big one. So wound up. like Jesus Christ. The level of liability. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, right. Is so- that all that happened, mate? I've bef- before we move on. <laughs> did, did anyone else have a horrific accident? <laughs> Dude, your friend just so sunburnt after his K-hole next to a lake is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. I've just, he was so grumpy as well. Oh, God. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it was good. Fu- well, it was very funny for us to just yell at him. And he could- and then we had kids there 
my mates got kids. So we just kept being like, you got to go get the swamp monster. It's Eddie, the swamp monster. And they'd run over and then we'd just be like, hit him, hit him. Oh, <laughs> my God. These kids hitting him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, good to, good to see you pop down the coast for a relaxing weekend, mate. Love is love, mate. So you drove back today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stays away. Had a big risotto last night and a few seltzers, feeling a lot better. Yeah, right. Um, well, mate, I'll tell you what I fucking did, but it's I should have gone first. <laughs> better? Well, it's not as cool as that. <laughs> none of my friends were K-holing in a fucking lake. They were just being normal, but... um, <laughs> They weren't at a wedding, is the problem. Well, I was going to tell you a story about this bakery experience I had. You went to a, you went to a bakery? Yeah, yeah. Man, I love bakeries. Hit yeah, I know up. you do. That's why I brought the yarn. <laughs> but I didn't know you were going to freaking come out the gate with, you know, Breaking Bad Season 7 or whatever. <laughs> Don't act like my friends are different to yours. They're, well, they're probably a little bit different. Yeah, or a little bit different, but I've, se- I've seen some worrying things, mate. I've seen some absolutely right, worrying that's bloody, things. Let's not incriminate anyone on this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, well, I won't tell you about this bakery thing. Pretty G-rated, okay? Mm. Sorry, no one in this fucking... Well, everyone, that's, everyone that's in this, nice. Everyone we, in my story is still alive, so that's... It's nice to have a G-rated section. Okay. I would love to have a week... I'm very looking forward to having a G-rated weekend next weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same. Mm. Um, anyway, well, I went to this bakery. So, I've been whipping around town. Um, I've got two jobs at the moment. One of them involves me driving all over Sydney, mm. re-stickering these cars. Luckily, and- you've got such a steady car for the job. I know. The metro is being pushed to the absolute <laughs> limits. And also, it doesn't have air conditioning, and I'm, like, literally having heat stroke out there. <laughs> Like, it's literally... I feel like I'm cutting weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I need to be 155 for Sunday. (laughs) Dude, it's crazy. But I'm taking board shorts in a town now. Just if I'm near a body of water, I'm just Mm, jumping in. mm. Um, But anyway, so I went to this bakery for lunch. Dude, do you get this where it's like you see a bakery that's so shit, you think this could be one of the greats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and... um, so I go over and it's like, you just, it's got all the hallmarks of a great bakery. Mm. Like the prices are ridiculously cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking, it's like a dollar for a sausage roll. Like this sort of stuff. And then um, the owner comes out, maybe 1.4 million year old Asian woman. <laughs> Perfect. Another huge green flag. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, fucking hell, I'm getting a few treats here and we're looking at six bucks or something. <laughs> and this is going to be unreal. Dude, Asian bakeries, the shitter the better. They're so good. Oh my God. If you see a sign that says hot bread, just buy everything they yeah. serve. Anyway, so I'm G'd up. Um, as the Asian lady comes out, um, a pigeon flies over her shoulder and flies <laughs> over my shoulder as well. And she goes, oh, sorry about that. And I go, oh, don't worry about it, I guess. Like, <laughs> the pigeon's now behind me. The pigeons jump from one side of the counter. This chick's like, pigeons are working in this bakery. Mm. And I see another one in there, like in the bakery. And uh, so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I like a scummy bakery, but we're probably riding the line a little bit here. And then uh, I go, all right, could I, um, could I get a sausage roll and a chicken pie? Okay. She goes, yep. I got a pound card. She goes, cash only. Mm. Again, another sign of a fantastic bakery. But fuck these days, it is a hard. I got, I got to give say, give me a break. Uh, yeah, look, it's getting ridiculous out there with cash only businesses. I used to be like fucking oath. Let's keep the government out of this. But these days, it's like, dude. Yeah. I mean, I Chinese restaurants card. are probably the last frontier. But, mm. like, here's the thing. Cash only was fine in 2010. Mm. I can't tell you the last time I have cash. Mm. I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get it. 
Um, if I have it, it just goes. It's gone somewhere else. Like, anyway, so I said, I don't have any cash, but she's already she's already served me the baked goods. So she goes, all right, you can transfer money on my ComBank account. Oh, really? But she's Jesus like 94 God. with like a Samsung Galaxy 1. Paper trail. Paper trail, yeah. And then, but here's the thing. So she tries to open the app, not connecting to the Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. So she goes, sorry, the Wi-Fi is slow. So now, and it's like a $4.50 transaction. Mm. I'm almost looking at her being like, babe, just give me the fucking, mm. this, is a, this is a freebie now. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't got the facilities required mm. for this transaction. So I'm, you know, I'm going to- stoked. I'm pumped. I'm thinking yeah. beauty, freebies. Anyway, so then it takes like maybe five minutes to connect to the Wi-Fi. And she's like, I don't think she speaks much of the English. Mm. So we're just st- standing there in complete silence while she like puts the Wi-Fi <laughs> up around the room. And I'm literally like, fucking hell, like- I just want this to connect so badly, mm. like, because I, I can't tell her just put the put them back in. I don't yeah, know. It needs to be offered. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It- so we got huge problems. Anyway, five minutes in, finally connect. I transfer her like four dollars fifty, and just put like pie, and I go fuck. This is either gonna be the best or the worst pie I've ever had in my life. <laughs> No joke. I think there was gravel in the pie. <laughs> you got done. Like, you know when you bite down on sand when you're like a kid and you can hear mm. it like crackling in your mouth? It's got that very squidgy kind of- um... It was like there were little rocks in it. It was hard. It was like kind of, yeah, like tiny little rocks. <laughs> tiny little bits of gristle. Yeah. With, with some gravy. No, I think it was rocks. It felt gravelly. <laughs> it was the worst pie I've ever had. Hard. <laughs> it was disgraceful, dude. <laughs> But those bakeries, mate, they're they're at a they're it's gonna be the end of an era with those places soon. Dude, when I came back from America, I went and visited my mate in the country, like the first weekend, and I stopped in the Blue Mountains on the way there and I just saw like a hot bread. Oh, um, if you see hot bread after being away for so long and not having any hot bread around, (laughs) and I would tell the talk in Austin, I'd be like, just you don't understand these Vietnamese bakeries, they're absolutely incredible and they're everywhere and there's yeah. no asian food in that part of america they don't understand vietnamese food on podcasts they always talk about fur like it's like some crazy thing you only get in the mountains or yeah, something yeah yeah they just it's not popular yeah it's, and mexican food after a while is kind of dog shit and like, they and they have the worst chinese food on the planet mm, in america yeah Panda gets- express is disgusting oh yeah yeah you can get super bad chinese food very easily yeah um I was just so so elated. I was like, "Yes, we're back. This is Australia." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one down in Manly, I used to go to so often with Marcus. And then one day, I was there. She's quite like a larger um, Vietnamese lady, and I was there a lot. Which you don't see many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess the bakery takes its toll sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it is delicious there. And she just goes, where is your friend? And then at that stage, she goes, oh, hello, it's you. Where is your friend? And at that stage, Marcus walked like back into view and she just saw him and goes, oh, there he is. And I was like, yes, she knows us as a duo. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so good. Dude, I fucking love Vietnamese bakery so much. But then, um, oh, yeah, so I'm whipping around Sydney. This is so embarrassing. So I'm whipping around Sydney and basically, I don't want to give away the, the nature of my high profile job, but basically- uh, there's this oh, was a car next door. Is it, yeah, car next door mm. got bought by Uber and is now Uber Car Share. Mm. So basically, there's all these cars around Sydney with car next door stickers. Mm. They need to be changed. Mm. Enter Billy Darcy. And they found the perfect man for the job. Perfect man for the job. So I performed at Uber HQ and I was able to parlay that performance into a <laughs> into a casual job. 
<laughs> always networking, always networking. And anyway, so I'm re-stickering this car and then this guy like comes out into his- I mean, this apartment mm. complex. And this guy comes out and the bag of stickers is like in front of his car. So I go, oh, sorry, mate, I'll move that. And then he's in his car for like fucking five, ten minutes. And he's thinking, I'm done, but I need to take a photo of the car. And it'll be easier when he's left mm. to get that beautiful shot. Mm. You know, show off the handiwork. Mm. <laughs> and and then so I've finished the last sticker. And then the guy gets back out of the car and he goes, are you Billy Darcy? <laughs> and I go, uh, yeah, I'm like, fuck, this is, this is not good. Like, this is just- Where imp- were you in Sydney at the time? Oh, my God. Like, fucking way out west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way so you're, you're out up. west. I'm sweating it up. I just look like a loser. I'm working this menial labor job. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And then- and How old are you? Uh, it's not important. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what my age is. Chasing my dreams. That's mm. my age. Yeah. And anyway, the guy goes, are you Billy Darcy? And I go, uh, yep. And he goes, the comedian. And I go, yep. And he looks at me and goes, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the most offensive thing he could have said. Oh, it was fucking brutal, dude. Like, it just straight through the chest. Um, I said, oh, mate, you know, paying the rent. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, he's like, oh, mate, have you got any shows this year? I go, yeah, mate. I go, fucking come to one and I won't have to do this. And he was like, he was like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> I think I came across as a bit desperate. Um, if I was in that exact situation, I definitely would have arced up a little bit. I'd be like, yeah, what do you think I'm doing? Obviously. Yeah, I don't know what people <laughs> yeah. It's pretty obvious what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a bag full of stickers. <laughs> and I'm applying them, mate, okay? Yeah. You want a sticker across your stupid fucking face, mate? I'll rebrand you, cunt, you know? So, and that was Friday. That was Friday. That's yeah. how your weekend started. Oh, yeah. Have a bit of a blowout on Friday? Nah, wo- oh, worked again. Oh, so, true. I drove all day and then drove down to fucking Wollongong. Oh, did gross. a gig. Bop, bop, bop. Did 15 minutes. Oh. Treated myself to 18. Sweet. $115, mate. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> What's that hourly with how long you took to- from home to home? I'm uh, making a loss on the petrol. Yeah, for sure. Dude, also, when I was driving home, when I came out of Thoreau, like I was on E... Mm. I go, whatever. And then- Dude, I yeah. had to turn around at the top of that hill. Well, here's the thing. I got to the top of the hill and there is not another servo till you get to Sydney. Yeah. And I went, I went I'm went. i not turning around. She's like, oh, I'm not fucking going back to Thrill. Like, I just got fucking out of there. And then, dude, cue a fucking pretty red hot half hour in the metro. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like in fucking neutral on any sort of a downhill. <laughs> like, it was wild, dude. Like, I reckon I barely made it. Yeah, I realized at the top of the hill, I was like, oh, shit, I'm so low on petrol. And then I just, like, remembered how few there are. And I was like, oh, no. And it just started raining. I just had to turn, do a U-turn and just drive back down the hill. And I'm like, Oh, the hill's this, dangerous this in the rain. This is humiliating. Yeah. I just, I just made myself do this hill twice in the rain. Dude, it's a fucking nightmare. But I just made it. And also, I was hungry. I hadn't had dinner. Pulled into an Ampol foodery. Nice. Dude, can we- oh, yeah. We're- I We're could both fucking, down with the foodery. I could so talk about Ampol fooderies Bro. for an extended period of time. I'm, I hit one up this week. I'm hitting them well, up I'm, all the time. I hit them up all the time. Dude, if I gig in Newcastle, I will 100% find myself barefoot in an Ampol bathroom. You got to. And I, that's disgusting. <laughs> okay. So Every I, time I'm like, I wish I'd remembered that. 
This yeah, is gross. Yeah. Um, no, but dude, the fooderies, these beautiful sandwiches they've got at the fooderies. Mm. The chicken triple. The chicken triple. The chicken triple. The, chi- the chicken wraps. The chicken wraps for me probably aren't filling enough. Mm. Like you get the chicken triple, mm. that's job done. But also, I don't know, like this could be fucking wild. This could be wild misinformation. Mm. The chicken triple and the sambos, chicken and roast capsicum, mm. the plowmans. The plowmans? Is it yeah. the brand? I don't know what it is. It's like plowman's lunch or something. It's got like fucking salami on it. Oh, okay. I, don't I, don't, know. I haven't tested that I one yet. I the chicken mayonnaise. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. It doesn't taste that unhealthy for you. It doesn't, no. Yeah. Whether it is or it isn't. Because it's like your parents have made you so many sandwiches in your life. So, you're like, well, this is this is good. Yeah. This is, this is what grandma used to make Yeah, it's me. definitely got that taste of like, fuck, there's a fair bit of marge on this and I'm mm. loving it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, big big serving of margin mayo. Dude, when we were in an ampoule recently, um, you saw me get done pretty hard. He he saw it coming a mile away. He offered me a $2 pie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> on top of my, my chicken triple. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, I didn't know they could do deals like yeah. that. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, we're in this ampoule foodery. And this fucking servo guy just started... I don't know if he was on a commission with the mm. pies, but he starts throwing out deals. Mm. And he, he sprung you so good because you weren't expecting it. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, mate, do you want a pie as well for $2? And you just... You tried oh. to resist. Oh, yeah. I did try to resist, but my heart flooded for him. It was so beautiful. And then it was good you went first because then I had time to prepare myself. Yeah. And I had to fucking... In a dialogue. Come on. No, no, no. Well, I also was so... I was hoping that you'd get a pie also. Because then it validates your bad yeah, mistake. Yeah, But we, I think we were on the way to Newcastle. We had a gig that night. I can't have a chicken triple and a pie and then get on stage. I know. I yeah. think, honestly, you'd be better off doing cocaine. Well, I, I didn't finish all my chicken triple because of the pie. Yeah. But I just enjoyed. I was like, I just got a bit of both. It was still, it was still <laughs> enjoyable. You just don't need to finish everything. Much like the chicken schnitzel rump steak from <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah. <laughs> have a bit of fucking something, you know? Yeah, I'm so down with servo feeds. Dude, servos are unreal, and it's about time as well. I don't know what's going on with Ampol, but fucking welcome. Yeah, well, I loved Caltex. They were, were Caltex. I love Caltex as well, but they didn't have any sandwiches. Mm. I think servos have now found their feet because these servos where it's like, oh, we have a Guzman Y Gomez in here. Mm. It's like, really? How like is this Guzman Y Gomez turning a profit? Um, I don't think they are. Well, I don't know. I I can't be against just them being more Guzman Y Gomez around. I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know you think they're being a, there's a bit of hubris involved, but fucking let's have some pulled beef burrito also. Yeah. So, uh, come on, treat yourself. Sometimes there's but enough. Every around. time you go in, there's no one fucking working at the Guzman. Who gives a shit? <laughs> what do I care about their overheads? Yeah, fuck. All right, whatever. There's a few now servos that are like Hungry Jacks as well. I noticed coming back up today. Which oh, is I haven't seen weird. that. It's pretty. There's, there's I think Hungry this- Jacks is like making a play, because they put in a Hungry Jacks here in Brookvale, and it is like, it's pretty nice. I think that yeah, I know that is a nice one, but I just have no time for them. They need I to fuck say, off. I, I think Hungry Jacks is disgusting. Well, I because the Stunner deal is a teen. I ate so much Hungry Jacks that one in Manly. Yeah. They're like, I just thought I was a Hungry Jacks guy and realized later that no, it's not good at all. Dude, I had a Whopper when I was like 13. And even at 13, I was like, this is rancid. Oh, I saw you had a Whopper with me recently. and It was just like so clearly shit and wet. Where did we have a Whopper? I've had like three Whoppers in my life. So this- At um, Darling Harbour. No, Circular Quay. 
Oh, we did. And and you were like, what the fuck? This is what they're known for. This yeah, yeah. They're known for. I was furious. on about this is what they're known for. I was like, if this is your signature, <laughs> what the fuck does the rest of it look like? I had a spicy chicken thing. It was good. But still, but fucking Maccas has got me so hard because when we were 17, 18, 16, it was like- McDouble, $2. Oh, the McDouble. Chicken and cheese. And now I'm going to Macca's and spending like $22 and be like, fuck. Dude, okay. I could talk about this. Inflation. Mm. It's a real thing. It is a fucking real thing. This, I've only come across it like in the last two weeks. And it is <laughs> it is frightening. Mm. I think- Did we talk about this last week? I don't want to double up. I had an ice long black for seven dollars. Yeah, on yeah. Oh, we talked about expensive pub meals, true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> all roads lead to Rome. Yeah, and like, just yeah, like there's there's so few things I consume outside of beers and weed <laughs> that I'm fucking very well aware of what they should cost. Mm. And like ice long blacks, it's fucking all these is two shots of coffee and ice. Mm. The ice is doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it is hard. Rent is expensive, I guess. I don't know. McDonald's, I think they've just got us all by the balls now. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even like, yeah. I'm, I mean, who cares? Because you can't be like, oh, McDonald's is too expensive now because it's like, well, you shouldn't be eating it all the time. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the argument to that. That's like when you go to the doctors and you're like, um, you're like, oh, like when, when I've just been drinking so much recently and I've, I can't sleep. My energy levels suck. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you should stop drinking, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's like with, it's like McDonald's is too expensive. It's $30 a meal now. It's like, yeah, it shouldn't be like a staple in your mm. life. It, it should be a treat. And treats, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how expensive they are. That is true. They're a treat. That is true. Whereas the ice long black, mate, that's my, a, that's a staple. My mate went to, um, my mate that like eats so poorly, like it's a, he drinks a bunch and just like I've never really seen him eat a vegetable I always try and get him to eat stuff oh no no it looks chat like he's like literally just eats like dog shit and he called my mate when I was with him and he put it on speakerphone and he's at his parents house drinking like he's about to he's gonna get a colonoscopy the next day and oh, we're yeah. like why and he's like I've been constipated for like five years <laughs> <laughs> like what? He's like, bro, I've just been constipated. I just never take a normal shit. And then we were like, to what? be honest, if you had told me that you've done a normal poo within the last five years, I would be like shocked. Yeah, so he got put under. Do you get put under for a colonoscopy? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. I think so. And he had to. His mum didn't like be- believe that he was going to drink the like thing that you have to drink the night before. Like, yeah. you have to drink this big thing that flushes your system. She was like, he's not going to do it. So, she made him come back around to their place, not eat and drink that thing. And then he was like, yeah, apparently they said it. They couldn't see anything. It's probably just diet. And I was like, yeah, no shit. I could have told you that. You didn't have to have a camera shoved up your arm. Yeah, I reckon. You didn't know that it's just diet. give me the $500. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. That's like when everyone was like, oh, like Shane Warne, I can't believe it. It's like, I love him, but I can also believe it. I can believe it. Yeah. He would tell me, he's like, mate, you got to get to Freshy Top Shops. Their um, zombie chews have been wild lately. I'm like, what are you doing eating zombie chews? (laughs) They're for four-year-olds. In sour straps and like, like just what a child's idea of like, if I got to do anything I ever wanted- I just think sweets are the lamest vice. <laughs> if you're going to go out at fucking 54 with your heart exploding, at least let it be like cocaine and hookers. Oh, yeah. 
Well, he's got a bit of that as well. Yeah, so he's, spread it around. <laughs> spread it around. He's used, he used to be on the dole for a bit, and he's always fucking poor. And he'd go to um this cafe in um Freshy and get a bacon and egg roll every day and a oh, coffee and have a cigarette. Living. And I was like, mate, you can't. You can make that stuff at home. It's so easy. It's like the relish, mate. The <laughs> relish. So it's every day. <laughs> he's spending twenty five bucks at the cafe on the doll. Dude, that's living though. I was telling you, I got a. I started my day during the Christmas break mm. every single day. Ham and cheese croissant, ice long black. Read the paper while they while I waited for it. Oh, that's nice. At the newsagent cafe, um, and just fucking mate. Honestly, I can see it. I can like it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's obviously so I put on weight and like it's the worst way to start your day with <laughs> like ham and cheese croissants. Let's be honest, they're just ham and cheese toasties, but with so much more butter involved. Yeah, I know in they're great the pastry, but I think they get ham and cheese croissants almost. Their, their reputation is much better than that of a toasty. Mm. If I told you I start my day with a ham and cheese toasty, mm. you'd be like, mate, what the fuck? Like, yeah. did the missus leave? Like, well, bit- show, show some respect for yourself. Yeah, it's a lot more cosmopolitan to treat yourself to a little ham and cheese croissant. Yeah, ham and cheese croissant. And I'm reading the paper. Mm. All of a sudden. He's flicking through that sports section. A little bit more. Yeah, I'm fucking <laughs> European, dude. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm definitely reading the back of this thing. Well, when I you told me that when I got back from Queensland and then I've had an extra week off work. I also just started doing that. I was like, oh, this is great. I love having a ham and cheese croissant every morning. Dude, it is literally like fucking so luxurious. I love little luxuries like that. Yeah, I got up and there was no milk in the house. I was like, well, I guess I'll just have to buy a ham and cheese croissant. Yeah. (laughs) Weet is out. Dude, like all the coffee I drank, like this is a little, these are little luxuries. All the coffee I drank during the Christmas break was from the cafe Mm. because- we were in a war at the at the pad because um, the boys refused to get Makona because I drank it way more than them. So they mm. know if they just wait me out, I'll eventually buy it. Mm. But I said, fuck this. So we had a cold war. We had no instant coffee in the house for about three weeks. Wow. And Treating yourself. Looking back, the money I spent on coffee at the cafe far outweighed what it would have cost for one jar of Makona. Mate, the amount of $12 purchases in my life that have absolutely derailed it. I know. It's like, it's not big things. It's just like a million. Oh, I I just always think I deserve a treat. I know. Yeah. There's nothing better. There is really (laughs) nothing better. But yeah, no, it it was a war zone over the coffee. But it's been been fucking hostile around here recently. You guys got to break out tools down a little bit more. You come around to this house and it just, everyone's just, re- if I laugh too hard at something that Billy says, Mac is giving me daggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're trying to side up with him, are yeah, you? I'm, it, like, I'm trying to side up with everybody. It's all about agendas in this house, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's just like, oh, fuck. And it's I- all about working out what the other two are up to. Yeah, everyone's just trying. And then sometimes they all gang up on me, which they all get to enjoy because they never get to do that. Yeah, it's fine. There's always just two on one and then they're all, finally there's unity because Rowan said something dumb. Yeah, it's great. But it's been a bit hostile around here recently because I've been on a dry streak with the women, but it's coincided with Macronadzi being on a hot streak. Mm. So the banter has been nothing short of disrespectful um, and at times outright mean. <laughs> you let him get to you, Billy? <laughs> well, not for the first three weeks, but they started to fucking really mm. get in there, mate. And uh, really, there's just nothing. Dealing with the unbridled confidence of one of these two after a one-night stand when you're hungover having just struck out yourself at the same pub the previous night. It's fucking a lot to deal with, mate, okay? Put it this way. If I was on the South Coast, I wouldn't be driving home. 
you know? You guys need to stop just sleeping with people while you're drunk. So exhausting. The la- you just, just find another avenue so you don't need to get so pissed and then... Well, you're, you're bloody... You'd be at the pub anyway. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You know what I mean? It's sort of a two birds type situation. I mean, in, that'd be unreal if it was two birds, but most of the time it, <laughs> it, it is just the one. But um, no, nah, yeah, so I'm on the back foot a little bit, but UFC's back, so that provides a lot of a lot of fodder, mm. you know? If, I, if you can... The only thing is, mate... Is right, fine. I'm not doing that well with the women at the moment. But if I get up on on a UFC multi, mm. that will sort of bring up my credibility in the house. Mate, it's always going to be a lad pad, isn't it? You can't shake it. Yeah, I know. No matter how small the apartment gets and how old you guys get, it will be the lad pad. I was about to say we're getting older and the fucking houses are getting smaller <laughs> and and the rent is going up. <laughs> yeah, so we're, tell we're, me how that works, yeah. <laughs> mate. In fucking ten years, we're going to be living together in the one bedroom, paying a thousand dollars each. <laughs> Fuck yeah, just no. one big coffin. Yeah, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Dude, we'll get buried together, dude. Yeah, I think all my bedrooms have. Mate, I don't think I've ever lived in a room that's like actually big. Dude, someone tried to t- tell me to get a queen bed, and it's like, I'm sorry, I just can't trust that I'll be able to move a queen bed from place to place. Yeah. Like what, I, what I think, what do I have? You've got a double. I've got a double. Okay. Your your ankles would be over the ed- end, probably. Yeah, they are. My ankles are over. The, my like whole shin is like. Off my bed. Oh, I need um. I'm dead set ten days away from just going full liver king, no bed, because this thing is just causing me horrendous back problems. Like it's got like it's just like there's no. It's, it's it, just a piece of shit. It doesn't really. have any integrity left. Mm. It's just like got a huge carved out middle bit <laughs> where, where the king is laid. Yeah, it's His crap. big belly. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like it's just yeah. yeah I need like a fucking. I need a firm mattress, like just wood. Mm. You know what I mean? Tap into the ancestral tenants. The ancestral tenants. Yeah, that's good. Maybe some roids. What happened to the liver king? Is he still knocking around? I think he might still be knocking around. I think he's still heaps rich from supplements anyway. Yeah. So. Ah, he'll be all right. Someone's just in Instagram where it's like, what did... He wasn't selling tickets, like... Yeah. It's so lame to be like a 40... Like a man with children that wants Instagram fame. It's pretty hilarious as well because he was already rich. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's like, mate, if you came from nothing and then this liver king thing kicks off mm. and you're telling everyone you're not on the roids and you're thinking, fucking hell, this is my one chance. Mm. But to already be rich out of your mind and then lie just just because you literally want the followers and to be married. Like, why do people want millions of followers if they don't just want to bang people? <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think people I don't understand. Some shit. Isn't it money and banging people? Yeah, you actually said that to me before I even started comedy. You said, mate, it's for clout and women. <laughs> Isn't that what the whole thing's about? <laughs> like, if you told me there was no, you could get, like, you can have a million Instagram followers, but you have zero clout and zero women, mm. um, and you're already a millionaire. Yeah. I'd be like, mate, put the yeah. tools down. What are we doing here? Well, I just, yeah, why would you want nosy people in your life? Especially the Liver King's married. Yeah. So if you said to me, Bill, you're a millionaire and you're already married with a family. But you can have a million followers. I'd be like, what are they for? I don't yeah. know. Generating income, I've got that. Yeah. Why Married would, to the love of my life. Why would I give a shit? Why would I give a shit? Mm. Put this thing on private. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. But, mate, is, uh, is just not- to wrap us up here. How much time have we done? Enough. 
<laughs> Some guy at your live show is like, mate, it's so annoying. I just hear one of you go, oh, how long have we done? And every time you're like, oh, yeah, that's a fucking enough. And he's like, keep talking, keep talking. I'm like, I don't know. Dude, it's hot in here today. We're sweating. so fucking hot in Billy's room. Yeah. Plus, if we if we open the window, then you get too many foreign noises. Mm. I think when you live with a lot of apartment blocks around you, there's always some cunt on the whip. It's also rich neighborhoods as well. Like, especially if not like richer than this neighborhood. If it's like you go to Mansion City around the east or like the beachfront, it, there's always someone just doing like a multi-million dollar build on their house. Yes. So it's just this clanging constantly. Yep, 100%. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So just to wrap it up here. You pledged last week to be active and urgent on social media in 2023. I did. I pledged. Um, People have been yelling at me. Have we seen any uploads, mate? Oh, I uploaded a TikTok. Did you? I uploaded a TikTok because they caption it for you. Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, So, that got me through my first week. Let me have a look at this. I didn't upload a TikTok last week. So, I got a bloody... Um, Dude, I love checking... I do the old post and ghost because like... Comments are so hurtful, but um, <laughs> <laughs> mine didn't have like oh, a single view. It's come up here. You, for, it's a stand-up clip. Yeah, yeah, they captured it for you. So, oh, oh, mate, I don't want to fucking hear this. Hey, mate. Oh, mate, nice one, guys. Rowan dot on TikTok. Man, I'm twenty-four a t- followers. I'm a talker, bro. Yeah, I'm a talker. The last year, everyone's just been getting belligerently drunk and then grabbing by the shoulders. You included me, like. You need to start posting, mate. What are you fucking doing? It's about marketing. I'm like, oh. I think I just said you have to do something. Yeah, which is pretty fair. Active and urgent on in- on social media. Rowan.arneal on TikTok. Guys, fire it up. Fucking oath. Fire it mate, up. There'll be a video on Instagram soon. Also, you mate. got 24 followers and 2,000 views on that. That's like basically... If you had 2,000 followers, you'd be fucking Should Kevin 2, Hart. 2,000 views on that. That's 1,500. I rounded up. Oh, but, nice. But still. I haven't checked it since I uploaded it. I oh, just, no, I went, mate. Post I went, and ghost, baby. I went ghost mode. Post and ghost. <laughs> I was having fun with my friends. Dude, I love... Um, what I do is I'll post it at like, you know, in the afternoon or whatever. Um, Will Gibb told me to post at 4.30 in the afternoon. And... Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not famous like Will now. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I thought it was just the timing. Mm. Um, but it turns out it was my content. Mm. So, um, but I love posting on TikTok at night or in the afternoon and then post and ghost. But then I like checking it the next day because I always think this could be it. You know, you, you could open it up and just see fucking 10 mil on there and go, fucking hell, call up the boss. Woo! <laughs> Fuck off! I'm not coming in, dude. So funny. Someone we know was telling me about. Well, he like signed with the biggest, one of the biggest like management companies in Australia, and he did the speech to his boss about like, oh, I'm probably not going to work here anymore. Really, they'll pro- they'll probably flood enough money my way that I won't have to do this. And it was like he said that two years ago. <laughs> He's still in the job. You're like, Fuck! Oh, really? Like, tell me who that is afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so also- funny to have to to do the speech of like. <sighs> Hollywood's going to take me now, mate. Yeah. Pretty big things happening in my corner and then just nothing happening. Oh, my God. Here's the thing is, mate, if you took all the time... Like, I reckon I've had at least 12 times in my comedy career, maybe more, where I've thought, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> all aboard the rocket ship, hey? <laughs> just, oh yeah, I've had a few of, like, two fingers to the world, mate. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Everyone can fuck off. Yeah, These manifest are the- <laughs> destiny. <laughs> These are the people that have wronged me and I'm going to make it pretty clear. Yeah. But um, 
But no, it was so funny. Um, a friend of ours uh, who you know, um, she got like fucking 12 million views on this video. Went oh. crazy. And then someone was asking her about it. And she goes, yeah, my life still sucks. <laughs> 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 which which was a, a good sobering thought for me to hear because mm. um, I don't even have the 12 mil views. So, mm. like, that, you know, just yeah. goes to show. Something of Crookshanks went sort of viral, like Thrasher posted it ages ago, like before Red Fern Electrical. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fucking oh, that's pretty good. You got some um, traction out of that. He's like, just a bunch of fucking 14-year-olds in Ohio liked it, mate. I can't sell tickets. Who gives a fuck? It's just like, oh, all right, yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> there's no hope whatsoever? True, okay. true. That didn't change anything. It never does. Yeah. Anyway, all right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Catch ya.